Welcome to this one on podcast where we talk about entrepreneurship, self-development, and challenging norms. Today, it's episode 37, and wowie, we have a good one for you. If you listen to this for smarts, which I hope you don't, our guest today just comes in and cranks up the smart style from about a three to a 10. So if you want to listen and learn a thing or two, this is your episode. Because our guest, one, he's South African, so awesome accent. Two, he went to Costa Rica, studied there at 17. At 18, he goes to Princeton, studies computer science. Then he gets into entrepreneurship, has his own tech startup that he co-founds, gets funded, wins Tiger Launch Competition there, amazing stuff, explores that world. Now he's in New York in a developer advocate role, which we'll explain in the podcast. I'll leave it to you to listen. But he's an awesome dude. Uh, I'll plug his stuff right now. His name is Avtar Suratan. And his website is amazing for us. He's got an email list too there. So check it out. It's avtar.com, A-V-T-H-A-R.com. Also find him on Twitter at Avtar S. He's an awesome dude. I urge you to listen to the end because it's it's an awesome confluence of just talking about problems and, and problem solving together. And we come to this interesting business opportunity. So Listen to the end. It's an awesome podcast. Without further ado, Avtar Suratan. This podcast, what I'm curious is, one, what, what you really want to get out of it. Like, this is meant to be an impromptu phone call, and we kind of turned it into yeah. a little bit more. But what, what's on your mind in particular right now? I just want to catch up with you guys. You guys seem to be <clears throat> on the same wavelength in terms of uh, activities that you are pursuing. Uh, with regards to content creation and exploring how to live better. I think for me, that's like the ultimate philosophical question is like, how can you live a a better life? And there's so many resources and things. And I like that um, you are exploring some of the more fundamental things, like stuff that I maybe came across a while ago when I was starting this whole journey of uh, developing more self-awareness and trying to figure out how do you actually want to live? Um, you know, when I grappled with these questions, it was through the lens of being away from home for the first time when I was like 17 and, uh, you know, living in a foreign country, didn't know the language and things like that. So stuff like for our work week and things you guys are talking about, I was like, wow, it'd be cool to like talk about those kinds of things. It's been such a long time since I've revisited that kind of stuff. And it's good to be around people who are interested in similar things. Um, I found it, uh, more, it's rare to find a bunch of people who are interested in this kind of stuff. So whenever people are, I always just want to hang out and talk to them and see I think, what they're I doing think the in tables, life and stuff like that. Sorry to cut you off, but I think the tables are turning in terms of like people getting behind this stuff. Now that everyone's working remote, everyone's at home, everyone's like trying to find their inner self. Interesting. Uh, I, I think like these things are coming out of the closet and people are like, holy crap, I didn't have to go to the office every single day. Definitely uh, more opportunities. I know that like one big thing was like remote work was one of the like levers. I think it was in the four hour work week, might've been another, another thing that I listened to or read. One of the things was like, hey, if you can negotiate with your boss to work remotely uh, and you do such a good job at what you're doing, then you can leverage, you know, living in a lower cost city, you know, working from Thailand or Argentina or Costa Rica or wherever. And now people are doing that out of necessity because of coronavirus. So it's funny how these things, you know, turn as, as you said. Yeah. I mean, right now 
it's funny because my mind's going so many different directions, but it's awesome because you have your website and you have basically your life documented for the last couple months, several months. It's been a while that you've had your website this. Uh, yeah, thorough, I, I, I took on this project about maybe four months ago now to start right. documenting and start writing. Was really inspired by Gary Vee. Honestly, I was big <laughs> on Gary Vee when I was in college. Um, and my junior and senior years, I got into the Gary Vee audio experience and started listening and stuff like that. And that's when he was on his big, like, you know, document, don't create kind of thing. Mm. And I struggle with a bunch of stuff where it's, where it's like, I'm not sure. Like, I want to put my ideas out there and I feel like I have a natural um, inkling within me to want to create and want to storytell and, and share what works for me. But when you're putting it out in writing or in video and stuff like that, you start to worry, ah, is this going to be useful to people? Is this going to be interesting? And so like doing the newsletter, doing the website has just been an easy way for me to be like, okay, how can I just make this a habit and have some like sort of accountability behind it? So anyway, that's a bit of the background for why I started, but you were going to, you were well, going somewhere there. I was going towards exactly where you went with yeah. you documenting the whole Gary Vee approach. That's what we're doing right now. Yeah, we have like five people that we were mentioned all the time, like Ramit, Tim Ferriss, Gary V. It should be Faraz, oh. or I don't know how to say his name properly, but um, Faraz, yeah, Faraz yeah, Abiyam. He's he's huge too. Um, it's just I love. It's like I struggled with writing my blog. That's why we switched to podcast because I just yeah, couldn't yeah. get the ideas in my head out on paper fast enough. I also so think the the conversational nature of podcasts is cool. But go ahead, you, yeah. you're going somewhere. Well, you, you do, you're doing what I wish I could do. Or I'll, I'll circle back to it, I know, but writing's just a lot harder for me to do. And then I see how professional your website, avtar.com, it's so nice that it's just simple. I don't even that. think I've been there. I thought, okay. There's the co-host. Come on. You want to join? I got to kick this guy pull, off. Pull, pull, pull that shit up, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's me, where uh, your newsletter lives. Okay, yeah, I have. Oh, uh, let me... I'll even get the screen share on right now. How about that? Really? Yeah. Will you now? I actually just uh, updated it this weekend. So it's cool that uh, <laughs> you guys are seeing the new version. I mean, it, it looks so nice and just, you got the mo. It just looks clean. Yeah, I like the segmentation there. Casual. I appreciate that, time. yeah. And yeah, that's the cool. kind of vibe. Go ahead, go ahead. With, like you sent me developer advocate. That's your role and read through that. I, I just love... Like I love the idea of the website and this page in particular where you can stop explaining to people like yes. what you do. You're just like, here's the link. You check it out. If you have questions to go deeper, let me know. But that, I, I love that so much. And exactly. Do you hope this, this uh, portfolio site will or has it already replaced your, the resume, your resume? Dude, so if you click on the blog section or the essay section, you'll see there's an article called Content Killed the Resume. Yes, that's man. literally what I what I believe. I think that like having a content portfolio and my content, I, I mean, very generally, uh, it can be audio, it can be writing, it can be like projects. If you're a designer, it could just be like designs and uh, your like process, like documenting your process of doing whatever it is that you're doing. That's going to replace a resume. I think that with the internet and with the fact uh, that everyone is connected and you kind of have access to uh, find work opportunities that you otherwise couldn't have. And this is especially true with remote work. Now that 
you don't have to be in a specific city or specific country to work at a company or to work with certain people. Um, it's it's only going to get bigger. Those opportunities are only going to be more um, numerous. Uh, showing that you can do something is a lot more important and a lot more indicative of like what you can do versus saying like, hey, I worked at XYZ company, I went to XYZ school. And I think that especially for, like when I was a startup founder, one of the things that we thought about a lot was hiring. And this is something I thought about a lot um, in, in my particular role. How do you find the best people? How do you create the best team? And when we were hiring people, we would always look at the stuff that they did previously. And I think that like, if you could just make it easy for people to see the quality of your work, that's like what the purpose of a portfolio is. I think there's like five reasons that I wrote down, but um, yeah, one of them is like, you know, showing proof of work. There's like a Bitcoin concept, proof of work, showing that like, you know, you're able to do high quality work so that that's not a question. The question becomes a question of like cultural fit or, you know, is it aligned with your motivation? There's this funny thing I heard about in terms of proof of work where uh, people would go into interviews, be it consulting or finance, and like halfway through the interview, they would just start speaking another language. Because kind of weird, yeah. If, okay. Well, if that was no listed on your resume as fluency, they're gonna they have doing it. someone interview you and just start speaking another language and see if you can keep up. I used to have gotten called out so bad for his Spanish. <laughs> yeah, we have a Yo, friend. Who, yeah, his on his resume, he was fluent in Spanish, I think, or yeah, high, yeah. high uh, fluency. And I mean, he didn't. He never took Spanish. He just lived in Miami. <laughs> he put it oh, down. he just said it. Wow, that's but, so funny. So yeah, I think that the concept of proof of work is super cool. I think resumes are out uh, on their way out. It's going to take a long time, but... uh, It's going to take a while. I think especially for um, more technology-oriented things, they're already starting to be phased out. And I think anything where you can show that you can do the job, that's the ultimate thing. One of the ways that uh, I actually... um, managed to finance the startup that I co-founded was I created some content for this company uh, who, so let me just say the story. So one of the ways that uh, my, my startup got funding was um, I was introduced to this one company. I wanted to work there. And so I did a whole like report on their growth strategy and I was already using their software. And so I built something and I was like, Hey, here's this, um, you know, my feelings about how you guys can grow the company. Here's this thing that I built with it. This is what I think about it so far. Um, And that whole interview process wasn't about like, oh, are you capable of doing the work? Because they could see like, hey, this is how I think. There's an artifact to show that, that you can have a conversation around. And that company actually ended up investing in the the company that I I co-founded. So Afari or which, what is? So the company that I co-founded is called Afari. Uh, and this, uh, our investors were called Blockstack. So we had uh, investment from the Blockstack Signature Fund. Um, because of something you did. Exactly. And it was, it was um, you know, a project that I, that I worked on. It started off as a school project. And then I was like, okay, a lot of people are probably building applications. But what if I went in beyond that to the growth side of things and the, the user side of things? So Exactly. And that's, that's what I recommend to people. Who, it's crazy. Yeah. Sorry. To, I just get so excited. I, I have to. Do you remember when we were talking about Shark Tank, Dylan? Yeah. Like that is how people get funded. 
You know, it's it's not you show up in a meeting room with six sharks in front of you and you're bickering over 40% of your company. It's like at lunch over an awesome project yeah. you did. Like where, they where, say where, the, sorry, I, I saw a thing on Twitter yesterday that was like the best way to get funded isn't by having a perfect pitch deck. It's by having a demo of your product and the round being like 85% full. So the demo of the product is the most important thing. Like Naval always says, um, a founder's resume is the product. Like that's the, that's the key. Well, I think about this all the time too. And then Dylan, I hope you remember that point you're about to make before I interrupted you. Never um, do, but there's so many, it's fine. When, when I think about what I'm doing right now, which is just like sheer creation, it's like, like in the physical form. I'm like, hmm, how is this going to serve me in one month's time when I need to finance a startup, if I need to finance a startup. And then I'm like, well, if anything, it should just be this like symbol of when I set my mind to something, like I see it through, like it, it, the persistence is there in video locked in. And I'm like, that speaks for itself. Um, if you didn't already think I was crazy, I'm building like a soundproof music studio in the corner of my studio. Like that should be enough with the right investor. Uh, like like you say, proof or uh, having a demo, right? Exactly. Um, you yeah. Have this? Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> oh, we're all so excited. I know. I know. This shit. I want to be. I wish I knew this when I was in New York before I fled, and we could have just hung out and just shot the shit a lot. But no, this this could be the first of many. No, no worries on my side. Well, he's at home now with his mom in Rhode Island, so hey. We'll have to do it remote. The developer advocate post that at the bottom, I think it's that post. You talk about how you should be documenting. You talk about the Gary Vee stuff. Like anyone that's in that role or wants to be in that role, that's the best way, I think, to succeed within it, to show people, to build that trust because that's such a big issue or um, concern on your mind for your role. Yeah, yeah. Plus to just, I don't know, boom begin building a portfolio and and i i think it sounds like you want to get back into co-founding it's kind of like that uh, stepping stone sort of position or or what what really is it for you right now like why aren't you doing your own thing per se again can you set the record straight for what a like very briefly the elevator pitch for a developer yeah developer advocate okay so let's chat about uh what i do as a a job right now and then we can chat about the long-term motivations next so in terms of what a developer advocate is, uh, at a very high level, developer advocates help software developers be successful with the products that are, that they're trying to use. So while traditional consumer apps are like easy enough to use, that like you know the general public can just use them, software products like say you have like an API, or in my case, I work for a database company. These are products that are aimed at a technical audience. And so you need people who have to develop the empathy for the developers or for the end users in order to help them solve the problems that they have. So for example, in this case, I work at a company that uh, has a specific kind of database and it has a bunch of different use cases. There's um, monitoring uh, Internet of Things devices, sensors. There's like um, monitoring like computer metrics. Uh, There's like doing analytics on your like user data, there's a bunch of different use cases. And so what our job is, is to one, develop that empathy with the different um, use cases and the different uh, users that could potentially use a product and two, help them get started and solve their problem, which is 
Uh, and the way we do that is through creating things. So I do a bunch of writing in my work. I write uh, technical blog posts. I give uh, webinars where it's basically like live coding sessions where I take them through a certain problem. Um, I also give a bunch of presentations uh, and speak to people at conferences. So you do like conference talks about different uh, technologies that you're using and how you know your product could fit into a certain solution. Um, and so it's a lot of like communication. It's a lot of uh, creation and a lot of empathy building, uh, all catered around helping people. So that's uh, that's a very high level without getting into too much of the more details. Um, so that's what I'm doing right now. It's funny that like I sort of fell into this role where my manager right now, when he joined the company, he had been a developer advocate before. And I was initially working in growth at this uh, company that I work at right now, Timescale. And he saw that, hey, I just had like a natural skill set for this particular role uh, from my background in public speaking and debating and, and stuff like that. And of, of course, being a, being a founder previously, um, able to take like ownership over things. He had done the role himself for a while and he was like, yeah, like I think you should take this on because it'll use skills that you might not be using now just by doing a growth focused job. And lo and behold, he was actually right. So <laughs> I tried it out for a, a couple of months and I was like, hey, I really enjoy this. I, I love what I do on a day-to-day. -day. Those like four core competencies of, uh, you know, persuading through writing, through speaking, uh, developing empathy, being user-centric, all of those things I see as like uh, skills that I can translate beyond this specific product. And like as a founder, that's the kind of stuff that I used to focus on anyway. I was always like the user-facing founder doing things like user interviews, like just worrying about like what are we solving the end user's problem. And I was also the, the speaking and communicating founder. I was the one that did the presentations and uh, sort of dealt with more the investor relations aspect and stuff like that. So it naturally kind of used the stuff that I were do, was doing at my previous startup. And it kind of allows me to develop those skills further. And um, yeah, right now I'm at a really interesting company. I, I see myself here for a while, uh, mainly because of my, my visa um, situation. I'm, I'm trying to get a work visa in the USA. Uh, but even if I didn't have a visa, I think I just love learning from the people that I work with. So uh, for now, it's it's about learning as much as I can here. And then I think a bunch of entrepreneurship comes down to problem selection. I think there's a lot of hype about, you know, how you hustle and you should work X amount of hours a week and this is what you need to do and stuff like that. But there's very little written or talked about what should you work on. And I think as, as a founder, I realized like that's ultimately the most important thing. What you work on and who you work with are probably the two most important decisions a startup, at least at the early stage, will, will ever do. Um, and I want to give myself time to explore a bunch of different uh, problems. And so I'm just like, that's why my writing is like helping me just see what am I actually interested in and what kinds of problems could I possibly uh, delve into further. Um, one of the things that came up was around like the health and fitness and wellness um, space. So I'm exploring like different products in that now. The main thing I feel like great startup ideas can't be pursued. They have to be noticed. So you'll notice that a lot of the time, um, if someone sets out and they're like, I'm going to build the biggest, baddest company out there and they don't have a problem to solve, it can be difficult. Whereas if you're already trying to do something and you notice, ah, look, there's this one thing that I'm trying to do that makes it difficult to achieve my like uh, original goal. 
let me try and solve this sub problem. This is actually how Stripe got started. So I don't know if you guys know the Stripe, mm-hmm. the, the payments company. They were trying to build a website or they were trying to build some sort of product. And they saw that like developer payments was a big problem. So they're like, why don't we just solve this problem? Because like, it seems kind of difficult and no one else is going after it. A bunch of other, especially um, uh, enterprise-focused software uh, or just um, software for businesses or products for businesses start this way because of the fact that, you know, um, you need to have that empathy with the problem. And so I think for me, it comes down to like having the time to explore a bunch of problems and then selecting the ones that I, that I feel the most passionate and feel where I have the competitive, competitive advantage to, to do well. And then two, just like getting um, exposure to a bunch of different things that I wouldn't have otherwise had exposure to. Cause I think as a college student, you really bias towards like consumer things. I remember at the Princeton, um, uh, when I was at Princeton in one of the computer science classes, people used to do projects and like all their projects would be like consumer focused stuff. And I'm like, yeah, duh, that's natural because as a college student, like you're just worried about like yourself and your friends and there'll be stuff for like, you know, group coordination. Like that's great because you only focus on those kinds of problems. But what if you're really good at solving a different kind, kind of set of problems? And so I'm trying to explore that right now. And, um, giving myself uh, time to build a network and build more experience before I uh, go back into the startup world as a founder. So I know that'll happen definitely in the it's future, coming. but I'm not, I'm not in any rush to go there right now. Uh, well, one, that was a lot, by the way. I, <laughs> Sorry. That was awesome. I, I was entranced. I was just listening the whole time. Let me, so <laughs> he's, he's to gone. summarize, you're, you're working, you enjoy the work, you're exploring. It's kind of like you stumble upon uh, a unique problem. You don't want to go in search of it sort of idea. Actually funny. I don't know if you've ever listened to the Kevin Kelly, Tim Ferriss. We did a actually a pod club episode on that, but he talks about how he try and give away his ideas mm. for like blog posts or whatever sort of business venture or something. And if he keeps returning to it in his own head, he knows it's a good idea because it's a recurring problem. But no one, if no one takes it on when he tries to give it away, he's like, shit, I guess I'll have to do it. <laughs> and so it's, it's kind of like that's his way of discovering what, where you should focus your energy, what you should work on. But, uh, but I, I think it is a case of you really need just these diverse experiences before you know that, oh, I'm going to build a, uh, an app for college kids to find parties. Like <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the type of shit that you'll see at school. And then you get in the real exactly. world. And it's like, it's a lot better to sell to a business usually. Yeah. And for some people like, Hey, maybe the thing that you are uniquely good at is understanding uh, psychology of um, young people. And this is where like Snapchat and TikTok and stuff uh, thrived in, in the early days. And that's like respectable, but for a lot of people um, that might not be your thing. So I think like tasting a bunch of things is very important. And I think this is true for, uh, choosing a company to found or choosing a problem to try and solve as an entrepreneur, but also as uh, you know, we're thinking about where do you work and what kind of uh, work do you want to take on? If you want to work um, at a specific company, you know, tasting a bunch of different roles and different company industries will help you like find the, the place that's best for you. Before we go too deep, because there's, ah, there's so much, what, just so we know, like, what are you struggling with right now that might be, or like, I know you, you have 
a lot that's going on. You have your full-time job. You're trying to document as much as possible. I saw you had a couple podcast episodes on YouTube in June. The tab for the podcast, it's it doesn't exist yet, so I want it to Correct, exist. Correct, yeah. Yeah, I am. What do you What do you want to do? Like, what's what's your biggest gripe right now that you can't tackle? I was thinking about this. I think the thing that's holding me back right now is I've got a bunch of like. Uh, so I think for me, recording the audio or video content isn't an issue. It's getting it edited and getting it up there. And I think there's two things. And I, I'm kind of stubborn in the sense that like I like to do everything myself. Uh, so I. I enjoy it, but it just takes a lot of time. So for example, I recorded this like three hour podcast with a friend of mine who's a musician. And ideally what I would want is if I record it on say like a Friday by like the next Wednesday or like the, you know, the following week, I have not just like a good polished podcast where, you know, you have the, the audio is good and like all the like awkward, uh, times where you know we had to leave to go to the bathroom or something is edited out but also the snippets of like the five to seven most important like five minute periods or three minute periods were like um isolated and made into their own little videos and stuff like that um that just takes time and like i would love to find a way to like automate that process even if it means um getting someone on board to help with the video editing and the audio editing. Cause I feel like I, if I have that machine in place, it, that's like the part that's stopping me where it's like, I'm recording things with people. And then I'm like, ah, oh, I got to go back to do this thing for work. Or I got to like, you know, do this thing for my family or for my girlfriend. And that time where it's like, I'm sitting at the laptop at the, at the, the desk at like 10 PM in the evening. And, um, you know, editing video that doesn't happen as much as I would want it to happen because I'm writing or I'm doing something else. And so I think, um, that's where that would be huge. And this is where I like, I wanted to chat to you about like this idea of like, getting, I was gonna say uh, you've come to the right place. You're with this, yeah, exactly. Your automation I, King Dylan Jardin. <laughs> exactly. And so I feel like I, I'm, I'm more serious about this idea of trying to double down on your strengths. And like one of my strengths is definitely like the production part. The editing part probably like I, I could probably get good of it, but it's not worth the time. And so that's what I was interested that in when you, when you were like, Oh, we're looking for video people to help us out. And I was like, huh, okay, this could be interesting. Cause that's actually something that I know is holding me back a lot right now. And um, I'm curious about how you guys are trying to solve that and, and whether I could uh, possibly uh, steal some of those tactics. Let me first begin, and then Dylan's got to give you the automation rundown. I, for a a very long time, was in the same boat. I was like, I just enjoy, like, ownership of this stuff. I enjoy the edits. Like, I enjoy making things perfect. And then I was like, like you just said, I realized, oh, what I'm really good at, strength-wise, is just getting stuff done. It's the production. It's setting up the camera in the right place and having everything out in my head and getting it in film it's not necessarily that like there are better editors in the world than me exactly that's just and and i feel like for me so i I do some mentoring of uh, high school and college students and things like that it's it's something i really enjoy doing and um it just also keeps me like connected with what people are doing and how they're thinking about navigating things in the world um 
And a lot of the time people are like, hey, you should like start uh, a podcast or you should um, use like the spoken word as a means mm. of communicating. And I feel like this is a strength of mine that I haven't quite leveraged yet. I started off with writing just because I feel like writing, um, the editing, I, I know how to edit writing very well just because I do it a lot for my job and, you know, in school and stuff like that. But editing video and audio and like all the things that you have to get right for that, I was like, this is too much work. Let me just start with writing. It's the easiest thing. And then from there, eventually, like what I want to have is like, if I write an article about something, there's going to be like audio content or video content to like supplement that so that the person can meet it in whatever medium is most uh, impactful to them. Dylan, where do I start? Where do you start? Uh, this has been Dylan's life for like the last three weeks. I'm talking. I haven't left my house in the that. last four days. I actually yesterday I stepped outside to go on the porch because I forgot what the sun felt like. But it's all right. So one, it's a lot of work, and that's partly why Henry and I. Well, just so you know, off the I, I worked for a YouTuber for the last. So tell me day. about that. What was that? Well, how was that experience? Before we jump into the automation. <laughs> So who is this YouTuber? How did you get that? How did you even like, because it's not like people are rocking up to Brown University and they're like, hey guys, you know, come and work for a YouTuber. It's, it's not like McKinsey. They, they're studying next McKinsey <laughs> right, in the right. job uh, fair. The so job I'm just fair curious is just a about bunch that. of YouTubers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I tried it myself, I'm like, this YouTube thing is kind of cool. Bold introvert, tried that. But I realized I didn't want my face to be out there doing like picking up girl pranks. <laughs> on oh, youtube okay. that's what it was it was kind of it was, so creepy, was like i channel. actually enjoyed it it was um, okay i did it more so for the social skills just yeah we've talked about this before but i i hate parties so just like alternatives to that for meeting mm. people then i stumble across great youtube track record by the way great track record what great track record? nothing okay <laughs> so it's like, I stumble, is, is Dylan like a like a cold approach guy or like what's the yeah, yeah, it's just, it's really, it's really 50-50. That's on cool. The approaches. Honestly, yeah. like that whole social Dude. skills thing. Yeah, like power to No one teaches you that. Power to you, right. I couldn't do it. Because I know for me, and this is going on a tangent, but I think it's, it's worth just chatting about. When I was in high school, so I went to an all-boys school growing up. There was no girls in my school. For 11 years, only boys. And so I, I was cool with like chatting with my friends and things like that. But the only time we would meet girls was at like, uh, I used to do debating. So at like debating competitions and things like that. And you know, like how teenage boys are, they always make it like a big thing. It's like, oh, this person likes you or do you like this person? Not even just it's- teenage boys. I know how those debate <laughs> things went. That's went down. When, yeah. you go, when he sees you talking to a girl, he's like talking shit about you. Worst yeah. Worst you'll ever have over there. <laughs> <Him> and, <I. laughs> and so I think that like when I, when I got to Costa Rica, it was the first time that I was in like a co-ed environment. And then also it was the first time where, you know, you don't have, uh, so I, uh, my, my family is South African Indian. And so I'm sure you've heard stories about like brown parents, very strict and stuff like that. And so the first time I was just like very independent, could really do whatever I want. And then you kind of realize, Hey, like I've never had a girlfriend or anything before. So how do you like develop the, your, your social skills and develop your means of, you know, being someone that can uh, not just like attract mates or whatever, but also just like make friends with a bunch of different people. Like yeah. How do you uh, build empathy? How do you build rapport? 
how do you just like, you know, get people to understand the stuff that you're interested in and be interested by the same thing. And I know for me, like I was super nerdy growing up and to an extent I still am. Uh, one of my friends was like, yeah, when you first got to the school, you would only talk about like science and physics to people. Cause like, that's what I was into. I was like, I'm reading this like Stephen Hawking book or reading this book about the sun or something like that. And people were like, yo, what is this guy talking about? And so I think, you know, learning to uh, articulate and learning to develop yourself and uh, like being able to communicate that to other people is like super important and like overcoming your fears of like talking to different people and, and stuff like that. Like that's huge. So like kudos for, for that as well. Yeah. I'm trying to really internalize this whole being okay with disappointing people. Mm. And I started with my parents, friends too. Like I lost friends because I was doing this weird shit or like I, weird in their mind. Like in my mind, it's totally normal to go up and say hi to someone. But whatever, I got super in the world. Uh, kind of, I don't know. I I went to, like I, I wasn't bad at talking to girls. I just wanted to do it in a way that people didn't teach me. Um, yeah. So found this YouTuber on YouTube. He kind of appeals to people like us. YouTuber are- on YouTube. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? <laughs> so you, so you found this person. How did you like? Do you know this? Like, how do you reach out to him? Like, what is your pitch? My pitch was well. One, I actually reached out to a couple YouTubers. Um, oh, okay. But he was my favorite of them, and the pitch because I was editing YouTube videos at the time. I was shooting my own. I was like, hey, here's my portfolio, and I want to do the same for you. Like, work nice. free. I'll come to you in New York, literally no risk, just minimize risk possible. And he was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Calm down. Like I won't pay you and you'll do something <laughs> for me. Sure. And so it was, it was pretty like in the door, pretty easy. Cause you get the brown.edu. I'm sure the same with Princeton. And, uh, yeah. and so it, it gets you there and you just prove yourself on the job. And exactly. Yeah. And I think again, you show the power of like, you know, having a portfolio to say like, Hey, this is the stuff that I've done. And I also think like where you can taking opportunities where, you know, you're willing to do something just for the experience because of the network value. That's also super important. And I think you were in the position where you, know, you could take, uh, how long did you work for him for? Like, was it a it was summer my or junior year internship? So I'm like, okay, there's very little, like I can always find a job after this. Yeah. Maybe it's not the top, top tier, like McKinsey type job. Yeah. I'll get a good consulting job if I yeah. do that or whatever. Um, so yeah I, I think it was low risk i got into it I, I loved it like i was making decent enough money to sustain myself in new york yeah yeah and uh and i just learned the whole ropes of like content creation and i realized all the problems that they had with putting out content similar to what you said with the editing process and even though we had editors but just there's so much to get wrapped up in and that creator I'll like text you who it is later. I don't want to say names. Yeah. No, that's okay. Yeah. Text it to me. Yeah. That person uh, tried to micromanage a little bit too much or like wouldn't be okay with delegating as much. Yeah, I am. And so I, I tried to take what we did wrong and we actually just shot a podcast about this, like top lessons from working for YouTubers. Oh, but, I should check that out. Sorry. Yeah. No, we didn't release. Really I don't know. Yeah. We have like I, five in the queue right now. We still. Oh, okay. Uh, know the daily it's it's hard to keep up honestly but um taking all the lessons and then now we have our own little video team we have 
to creating blog posts, insane transcripts it's, to helping with uh, the videos. It's, it's intensive. Um, and that's what I wanted to say with like, I haven't left my house. I don't plan to for the next two weeks. It's okay. a lot of work to get the system up and running. Yeah. But Belk, you've seen which, it's already. Yeah, what you have to understand Oftar, is like, Oh, there goes a the hard drive. Um, Dylan, first of all, he just got in his mind, like, I'm going to delegate this stuff because that's the sticking point, like you say. And I just want to create, I want to show up, hit record on the podcast, create every day, and then like walk away from it and yeah. the systems in place. So Dylan in the last two weeks has literally started a company. You know, he's got like, yeah. I don't know, four or five people working for him full time. Um, and like to do that, like, you know, as, as a founder is really labor intensive, uh, and we've talked about it before is like, while yes, Dylan may be getting over this hump now that lets him coast in the long run. I mean, he wants to get to a point where his assistants are, sorry, my hands are gross, where his assistants are hiring assistant, more assistants or employees in this, in this sense. Um, it's, I don't, I don't know what to do in your case, right? Cause you have a full-time job. And I think Dylan had the well, fortune of saying, I'm, I'm out and I'm working yeah. for myself now. For me, I think what I'm looking for, like if I were to describe the ideal situation is maybe I have like one person that um, I can, that can work for me as like a, I don't know what you would call it, like a consultant or something like that. And on like a per video basis, mm-hmm. I would work with them to do the editing and post-production. Say, say if I, I commit to doing uh, one podcast every two weeks or so. So I'll write an article and then I'll put out a podcast every couple of weeks. Um, that seems like a cadence I could carry on with and also seems like it's something I would be able to afford because I'm willing to put like some money towards it. I realize that you've got to spend you have to. some money in order to uh, get your peace of mind right. And so, yeah, I obviously like not expecting the stuff to be for free. Um, so yeah, I'm just curious about like how, even just how you went about it and maybe I could do like a scaled down version of that. What we haven't released, actually, maybe this is the next one we'll release and you can listen to it for more in depth, but with, or was it episode 28? Oh, it was episode 28. So it's already out, but having basically the system that I'm creating now, I'm using it on myself for my content, but it's so easy to just mirror the systems that I have and have, plug in some other input. So plug in my ex-employer and like, oh, we yeah. have the whole machine in place. Just put your content through it and it'll churn out everything. So Exactly. Because I feel like for me, the actual, um, again, like Gary V has uh, kind of set the playbook for in terms of like reusing content for different things. And I look at certain comedians. So one person that I admire a lot, I encourage you guys to check him out just for the sheer um prolificness of producing content is a guy called andrew schultz i, I knew you were gonna say that yeah i okay. knew you were gonna say yeah. it already i actually yeah. just texted I, I my video editor andrew schultz so much oh my god but go ahead you text your video editor yeah <laughs> i told him this morning i'm like hey andrew schultz does this cool thing where he's like he does a five second intro and then turn your screen side i'm like mirror some of what andrew is doing because yeah. it changed the comedy industry okay dylan can you can you lay out if you were wrapping up there after, I want Dylan to lay out kind of the system you have in place. Well, I had kind of a, a smaller scale of that happening. It sounds more like what, what Oftar would do. 
uh, in terms of I was just paying someone to one-off edit videos, but yeah, feeling the right. same for the long run. Here's yeah. So here's what's gonna happen after this video. I'll run through the process. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna hang hit, up in 15 minutes. Hang up the the recording. Everything gets sent to the cloud. And this isn't. It's at like 80 percent of this, but this is what it will be within a week or two. It gets sent to the cloud. They have access to my Zoom cloud account. They download the videos, all the audios. They, the, the tricky part is selecting the clips that you want, but they get the full video. They can put that on YouTube for me with the Creator Studio there. They can resize it for Instagram, which you've seen some posts already. They're getting better and better. And then basically just upload it for us with all these Creative Studios, Creator Studios. And we don't have to do anything. We have transcriptions in place. So the, the team for, that, for, for the transcript, I know what do you use for that? Is it like a person or do you use like something like Otto? My or girlfriend's like that? brother. <laughs> we have, it's funny because we have three steps in that process. Okay. To get it about 99% accurate. One is Descript. Descript is just a, an awesome new tool for podcast creators. So Descript, that's where it goes. It'll separate Henry, myself, you. And then that makes it easy for Kay, who's my main transcription assistant, to go through and do like, get that, say, 80% up to 95%. And is that literally going in and like changing words and punctuation? Yeah, just changing the format because sometimes they'll mess up who's speaking or just changing Mm. words if we say stupid stuff. And then that gets, K gets it to 95%. Alex, who's a fluent native English speaker, he'll get it to 99%. Got it. And he's doing some AI magic too. He's, I don't know. I don't know what the heck's going on. Because I, I know I use this, um, the software called otter.ai. So they yeah. originally started to, uh, they were supposed to like transcribe live meeting notes. But what I've done is just upload the audio of uh, like the live chats and stuff that I've had. And then from there, similarly, you can, see you know which are the most interesting parts that's like one how i I used to find it and then edit the transcript and then then release it from there like all within the uh within the the software itself right i think the software isn't a big deal we're actually using trent before which is similar to otter too it doesn't matter but at the end of the day it's only going to get you to maybe 90 percent at most yeah so you'll need someone uh, you'll need a native english speaker to get it up to the level exactly especially with like my accent it's kind of difficult sometimes (laughs) for these uh automated ones to pick up the dopest accent i I wish i had just i don't know i got like a rhode island accent so it's no fun but it's all good uh so you've got these people doing the transcripts then how how do you like make sure that they're like so, so you said the, the difficult part was selecting the pieces to turn into shorter clips? That's what's hard. Yeah, so they'll, the transcript's good. They'll send it to the video team, which puts it in the video. And then from there, the problem is, yeah, figuring out what three to 10-minute clips we want to put on IGTV or on... I like Instagram just because I use it already. And yeah. it's super simple. that's so subjective, right? Like, you and I know the best uh, highlights of the things we talked about. For someone that wasn't there, let alone someone not in the United States, that's like immersed in the culture, like things that are going on here that we're talking about, it's really hard to find. I think that's your sticking point now, Dylan. Here's why I like it how we currently are. Because before I was working for a dating company 
and it's like pickup content. Like how do you, how do you tell someone who's, who's never done pickup, like what is important? But what yeah. we're talking about is objectively, it's, there's very little subjectivity in terms of what's uh. juicy, mind thought provoking material. And so yeah. that's, that's it's, actually kind of like what, what material could stand alone mm-hmm. by itself without um, people listening to the whole thing. I was trying to make, cause I, I'm a big systems person. I'm trying to make rules for how to determine what makes a good yeah. piece of content. And so I, I'll try and find it, but it's something like it has to hit one of these three criteria. Say yeah. one is like, this strong emotional response. So like a post yeah. that we have scheduled for a couple of days from now, it's like basically fuck my work. Like I- I'm sick oh, of this. Wow. It's someone working in private equity. So I'm like, all right, that's the, that's the lead. Like that's the intro to it. Get some yeah. hooked. Um, so it checks that box. That's a good post. And then another one is like some counterintuitive spin on an idea. Exactly. Yeah. Um, another one, I'm forgetting what, what the third one was, but it was just something like a deep, I don't know. Right. You have to come up with the criteria. Deep learning. So that's, I think you can systematize it so that it's good enough. It doesn't have to be perfect. That's a big concept. Like the, yeah. I just shared the Gary V perfectionist, like perfectionist is just insecurity or whatever it was. Exactly. Yeah. And you learn so much as you go. So I'm trying like our team, sorry that I'm talking so much, but our team is no, like, go ahead. I'm shooting for five, 10 years of us working together. So I think just so many iterations of doing this constantly, it's going to be intuitive for them at some point. And it's already pretty close. Yeah. I would say with like a week's worth of revisions, like things get super close. It, it doesn't take much. Well, Belky, your, your video today that you're releasing workshop Wednesday. Yeah. That, you just pretty much hand it to them and like, Hey, make this nice and, yeah. So, well, okay. So I've had an editor after doing my Wednesday videos, um, for the last month now. Yeah. And it was someone I was paying 20 bucks. I found him. I was going to say one of my questions was like the cost. So it's like yeah. 20 bucks per video or 20 bucks per video. Um, every single Wednesday, because yeah. you know, I, I didn't have the four hours on a Tuesday to sit yeah. down and do it, but I was like, I need to get two videos out. So I just had to do that. Exactly. Um, yeah. now then Dylan, who's actually put together like a substantial video team, was like, hey, you know, let's let's try out kind of moving everything into the same ecosystem. Yeah. Um, my my editor also got sick this week, said he couldn't do it. So it kind of worked out perfectly. And yeah. also, no, so for oh. both Dylan's well, editors I'll say and real mine, quick, yeah. What's nice, I, I ran into this problem before, Aftar, of you can hire, but you need redundancy. Because if yeah. you have your editor get sick, yeah. then you're out of content. Right. Or exactly, yeah. You gotta so wait. That's why that's I kind of like the centralization. What what I'm thinking about is like if I could like plug into this thing where, for example, because what immediately is coming to mind is, and I think some companies out there do this, where um, if you had to scale this up completely, you would have a subscription service where creators pay. This is exactly what was I was just thinking. fifty bucks a month or something. I, I was don't like, know, like Dylan, some I price think, point. Yeah, and then you just send your videos and then. It's basically like uh, an API where they don't need to know who you're working with. They just like specify like certain formats. Maybe it's like, oh, here's like the style that I want, or I want like the Gary V uh, progress bar, or I want like this kind of headings. And uh, you know, a week later or something, you get your video back and, and you're happy. 
Because, like, I know, like, just from talking about this, like, I'd love to just, like, plug in. The way I think about this from a You don't want to do all the hiring. You just want to show up. The hi- it's, a, it's a bitch. It's a lot of work. Dude, I'm right sitting here people. thinking, like, I want to I wanna just plug into the API. I want to make a call and be like, okay, that's, that's, uh, I want to put this input. If you already huh. got a machine that's, like, going from input to output, I want to put my input in there. Oh, shit. Oh, sorry. So <laughs> I'm watching the Champions League at the same time. And these guys just scored like, like our friend. two two goals <laughs> in like two minutes. Oh my god! Okay, anyway. um, so <laughs> Go, Dylan, like, that's sort of what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, that could be the need. I think there are a well, lot of people in your shoes. Yes, because I I've thought about this too, and I'm like, do I want to start a company right now? Um, but no, I'm totally fine. Like we, I think us three especially, like we're we're close already. Yeah, even though we're it feels Maybe like that's we've known what each we other for a while. Do. We yeah. just have our own. Yeah, Belky, why don't you just start this? Why don't you I work have other ones on? I want to start? But you're too scatterbrained. God damn it! That's why you no. Know. But I, but I, I have like three missions. What works? What works for you? Like you got to try it first, and then, um, and then see like, oh, is this? Because like it depends. If you're willing, if you want to be a creator, and you love the creation stuff, then maybe you could just you know build this machine for you. And then later on, find someone who wants to, exactly. uh, quote unquote, what I call AWS it. So kind of like Amazon yeah. story with Amazon Web Services, where they built something for themselves. They had this service where, you know, they could elastically scale things and stuff like Green. that. Stripe. And then they, they made it a product and, you know, offered it to the world. So you guys could, uh, I don't know I'm what the acronym it. would be, but yeah, that, I mean, in maybe a few years time, that that's yeah, at least my, uh, my tech, my tech brain thinking. I yeah i agree completely i think that so basically our plan was automation august and then selling september oh yeah that was the the plan of that yeah but what are you guys selling what's what's being sold in september scaling september okay it's i don't know because basically i don't have to worry about money until at least the end of the year like i can run this system as is through 2020 without making any extra money so I'm debating just focusing on my own brand first, but uh, I don't want to get too personal, but I think, I think, yeah, I want to figure out August, the system is going to be there. So if you have content that you're thinking about putting out, we'll just plug you in. What's nice is the same niche pretty much. So you don't have to reteach someone what makes a good clip. Oh, you're muted. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I was going to say, we're working on more or less um, similar themes. So yeah, because I've got three of well, my you have, podcasts that are that are like queued up. Dylan, you're, need yeah. and you're, so, you're more yeah. in the... There's a business being created right before have. my eyes. <laughs> Go the, ahead. The computer side, that's the technical material. That's going to be hard to find someone for. Correct. Yeah, mo- most of the, the technical material I do like for my work, like my job. Mm. And we have obviously our own people that are like designers and stuff and processes for that. Most of the stuff that I'm doing for like my own personal brand is um, uh, I I wrote the sort of the four pillars of my personal monopoly on my website. So it's like self-mastery, startups, health and happiness. And a lot of that is just like, you know, more, um, you know, explaining it in, in layman's terms. That's kind of what I'm what I'm trying to do there. So oh, cool. Yeah, I think that would fit nicely. It's just um, one. I, I'm big right now. 
with my team on just experimentation. Like we're trying to, I just shared this video to the team of uh, Noah Kagan. I'm kind of on the fence about him sometimes, but this post was yeah. good, his YouTube video. Yeah. It's about just getting to 100. And mm. so right now we're at 30, I think this is the 37th episode and we started yeah. in July. So pretty absurd the amount of episodes we shot, but yeah, I'm I was going to say, I got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that that's our goal is just get to 100. It's all just experimentation iteration. But do you want to, when do you want to get started right away? Are you, are you too busy to even record? To start uh, recording stuff. So for me, if I know that, so like now that, and, and it's funny because like often I would not, so for example, I have like a couple other videos of like, so for example, I do uh, intermittent fasting and like long uh, fasts. So I have this video of uh, a 36 hour fast that I did. And I'm going to record a video. Uh, I'm taking a week off in two weeks time, uh, end of August. And I'm going to do a three-day fast and like document that experience. And so I'm like, I'd be encouraged to, I'm going to create more stuff. Like that's on the agenda already. Um, and so, yeah, like I'd, I'd love to get like plugged in. If, if we, maybe we can chat about um, oh. the specifics of like how many videos or like what the <laughs> price point would be and stuff. But I'm more than willing to. Uh, commit to an amount and then fill that that quota for the time being we're gonna be the vlog squad of like smart nonsense Yo, it's and self-development <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that would be yeah if you want to maybe we have a smart nonsense brand and just anyone can plug in for just pay whatever the cost is but <laughs> it's like all the content is smart nonsense no i yeah i don't know uh exactly what it would look like yeah, but let's let's try it out. We can experiment. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Well, that's what Henry yeah. did. He just kind of plugged in for his Wednesday video. I'm in. I'm in. Felky's <laughs> already in. So. Okay, so to get back to the point, I just sent my video over to Dylan's editors because we were kind of talking about judgment and like uh, revisions. They crushed it. Like it was. They're just phenomenal artists. They and did really well. Yeah, if you could with send no direction, me like the, with no the direction, finished product. Um, of it i'd just love to take a look just to see like yeah what kind it of literally I, I it came out at three today um okay i'll, I'll link it to you after this but yes. with zero direction so imagine if i gave them like a one page on exactly what i wanted that exactly. actually might have stunted them a bit but um i had like three tweaks to make and then it was done out the door that's awesome um, especially that's what i said earlier with the five to ten years like the first month is probably going to be a little bit more intensive or a little bit more kind of feedback heavy. Yeah. But once it's internalized, especially if you have a good team that cares about the mission, the content you're putting out, they have ownership over what they're doing. I mean, it's, it's just game over. So I think, yeah, if you want to, if you have some content already, I can just shoot it over. We can get you some samples of like what, what it could look like. That'd be great. I've got like three, two hour long podcasts sitting in my Google drive. So I'll send that to you guys over afterwards. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll test it out. And yeah, Belki, uh, if you send Aftar the the yeah. video, we have a couple, I mean, we follow each other on Instagram. There are some yeah. dope posts coming up <laughs> that I'm really excited about on Instagram. So you'll see those nice. too. And so I'm basically these things, these things happen and then Dylan and I message each other. We're like, what the fuck? Like <laughs> that, that edit was insanity. Like we're just, nice. our minds are blown every single day because we hardly have to give any feedback. Like, uh and it's all i mean it, it, to your credit Dylan, like you've you've the i wish the whole world could see kind of your hiring practices too because like the culture dylan has baked into uh 
the roles he's hiring for and the pay and like it's super super cool uh it's oh, unlike anything that's I've actually seen, what i'm honestly. reading right now uh zappos i'm big on the zappos culture i was right before this podcast i was listening to the audiobook uh fuck it was uh, what the hell is his name i haven't listened to the whole it's uh tony s no h s whatever zappos <laughs> tony guy Shia, i think that's his is name. that how you say his name yeah i never knew but something like that yeah he wait like, is it hsia uh, just put it away, something like that. It might be an E. I-E-H, yeah. Okay. Regardless, we'll link the book. But it's so cool because their culture, like their their community service, community service, um, customer service reps that are making maybe ten, fifteen dollars an hour, but they, they refuse go to leave that beyond, company. Yeah. yeah. The crazy stories of what they'll do for the customer, and pay is not the number one motivating factor. It it helps like them. I'm sure they're generous with their benefits when they can, but um, it's just how do you get people to really uh, work and love the work that they're doing, even if it's traditionally not not awesome. So I'm obsessed yeah. with that. Um, <laughs> clearly, that's why I'm not planning to leave my house for a while <laughs> to get it all up and running well. But that's awesome. So just to actually to dig into that. So how many people do you have? How did you find them? Uh, what were you looking for? Just if you well, could just give us a summary have, of that process. I wish. I got to start releasing uh, podcasts even faster than we're shooting them. But yeah. we have a podcast on exactly how I hired them for the video editor role. Literally, okay. I screen shared my whole process. But basically, the have you heard of Matt Mullenweg? For, I'm sure you have. For uh, I have the WordPress founder, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, I was actually, last night, I was listening to him and Tim Ferriss. And he only runs in... What do you call that? A remote first company. Yeah, yeah remote first company. Yeah. And it's great because he can hire all this talent that just can't live in Silicon Valley. And there's so yeah. much out there. And that's why he can compete with people with 10x the amount of money that he does. Or he exactly, has. Yeah. And his whole process is he'll, he, doesn't, he never even talks to people. He tries to keep it as double blind as possible or whatever, yeah. blind as possible, I should say. Yeah. So he's only messaging them um, I have a big system of like, I'll, I'll go on online jobs.ph because the Philippines, they have the best workers in overall. Okay. Um, and then I'm already interested. This, this, this is not what I thought at all. Yeah. Yeah. Philippines, because it's just better English than say India or Pakistan or I don't know, okay. Europe in general. How and did you even, that's how, uh, why, why would you even know with this kind of stuff? Like, where would you? Where did doesn't you leave his this? house. I don't leave my house. When I get in a rabbit hole, I'll find the center of the earth. It's over. So <laughs> uh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Yeah. I I just made it up. It's kind of cool too. But yeah. I got really into it. There's a lot of videos on YouTube of like how to do hiring right. I kind of found the the balance of them all. So I'm not yeah. saying my system's perfect, but so far the results damn near are, are good. seems pretty good. Seems seems pretty good. I'm really excited about it. Uh, so you have a video editor and you have two people for transcript? <laughs> two people for transcript, two people for video. Two people, so four people in total, okay. Yeah, and he's unemployed. <laughs> I was going to say, like, where are you getting this money from, my guy? <laughs> like, it's it's a common, uh, this reserve. Send him the I will teach you to be rich episode. There's so many. True. Dylan's very Have smart. you read that, Avtar? I have read the book, actually. I, I use the tactics to... Uh, negotiate oh, that, uh, a pay increase in my job and 
my uh, negotiate my rent payment down as well. So I'm just kind of like, and the credit card stuff as well. So I'm kind of like using it where applicable. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, in my case, uh, being sort of solo in the USA, um, there's a limit to how much cuts uh, costs I can cut. But I think that the, the remit mindset for me is like, you can always make more money. And so for mm. me, it's about like income maximization. And of course, like you got to keep your costs within a, within a certain range. But uh, yeah, the thing that hit for me in that book is like, you know, defining your rich life and then like going all out after it. Um, but yeah, you were saying, and I will teach you to be rich. Episode, you've been implementing some of that stuff as well. Yeah, I, I'm a big just systems operations guy. That's yeah. all I did for my last company. I was just basically running the team. Yeah. So yeah, that's Belgi. I kind of, I feel like did I turn you on to that book. Was that mm-hmm. you had come? So yeah, it's, it's all about like, you want to focus on what you're good at, make more money and then have the systems. I, I, I only bring that up because, uh, you're not like, uh, you're fruit, like you're very smart about how like you, you set aside different pots of money for things. That's I'm why not I bring it up. Smart. I just, I front load everything so that I exactly. don't have to be smart. But the way you think about your opportunity costs and like Aftar said, like um, um, opportunity cost of the day. Sorry, I, I hate, I'm just excited because I love this stuff so much. Go but ahead, yeah. We have, so my, I don't want to get sad, but my grandmother had died and we want to have, or she passed away, we want to have a, a little service for her. And we have all these photos. Easy like with opportunity of, costs here. Go ahead, go ahead. We have hundreds of photos. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. Hundreds of photos and they have no idea what to do with them. Like we want to project them on a screen. I'm like, I don't either, but uh, we need to digitize them. And they're yeah. like, Oh, we have a scanner. Can you come over and scan them all? I'm like, get the, f-. there's a service that will do it for like two or 300 bucks. And we're just going to shoot it off in a package. And then yeah. it comes back on a thumb drive. It's like, yeah. yeah, the fact that people would waste their time when we could be shooting another podcast during that scanning time. So yeah. So the, the, the point is there's always more wealth to generate we we hear all the exactly. same stuff i'm sure i mean naval you two he, are literally quoting was, the same like <laughs> wordpress like i don't know what you're talking about yeah. i don't know what you're listening to but it's super no cool. i think like the naval thing right you remember you messaged me that like uh you also listened to the how to get rich without getting lucky and like his his hourly rate for doing things and i feel like that's a huge mindset as well where it's like you know even when you don't have the the financial abundance to just say like, yeah, I'll you know, pay whatever for it. But to know that, Hey, like my time is more valuable than spending six hours trying to scan this thing yeah. where I could pay for it and then use that time to do something else that is That's, more productive. Dylan, I used, I used to kick you all the time over that. I'm like, Oh, you can't, you can't put everything in an hour. And in the last year or two, I've started doing that. And I just feel like I can do more. Like the money's just showing up somehow. I don't well, know. It's crazy that the amount of stuff that's in our heads and is not down or in the world somehow, it's simply because there's too much friction with putting it out there. And so my whole thing exactly, is, yeah. how do I eliminate the friction, make this a vacuum, and then sh- suck that shit right out of our heads? <laughs> or, I'm in a different vacuum, but still same thing. Uh, so my, my main concern really with scaling it is now my attention goes from the podcast, making the best podcast content to making the best business. That's my one yeah. concern. Because I, I don't need money right now. It's just not an issue. Granted, I could make the team bigger, but that's just more managing. So that's what I'm playing with in my head, that opportunity yeah. with you. But I don't yeah, know. Yeah, then, then, then it comes down to your motivations. I think one thing that I talk a lot about 
uh, I wrote some stuff recently about uh, how to find your strengths and how to find your dream job and things like that. And even um, in terms of, you know, whether or not, what kind, what kind of company should you pursue? Should you pursue a startup where you raise venture capital versus uh, a business where you bootstrap it or, or, you know, the various other options that you can have? It comes down to like what your motives are. And like while uh, some people might say, ah, this is the direction I think you should go in. If it's not aligned with your motives of what you want to get out of it, then uh, that needs to be your compass. You got to follow that because mm. if your motives are not aligned in the long term, it's not going to work out. You just cracked the code for me. So here's why I want to work with you or figure out why our smart nonsense combination could work. Yeah, because we got I, I go. love... Yeah, I know we're going long. Sorry. <laughs> Jeez, That's I, fine. I, I forgot about the time, clock. Yeah. We don't have a timer, so we never see like, uh, I don't want to just zoom, but. I, you guys I should like, do like a, like a tomato timer. But anyway, go ahead. If you finish your thought. With, put it like, it's. All right. We have, um, say our chief financial or investment officer at Brown. Like I remember I talked to him a while back because uh, I was thinking about Wall Street. He's like, I already made all the money in the world. Money wasn't an issue because he had his own hedge fund. And then he took a pay cut to work for Brown Investment Fund just because he liked the mission. He liked helping out education, et cetera. His son was in our class. And, yeah. uh, and so it's the same thing. Like I really had to get behind a mission and content that's being put out. So like the dating yeah. company that I work for, I love their mission. I love yours. Like that, I think I could, I, I would want to get into something like that. But if it was someone that's putting out shitty content that I, I don't buy into, that I would yeah. work with them. That's that sounds then then you're more selective. So I think what Henry and I was describing was more of a um, plug and play service where you know anyone anywhere could send a video and get it back. Yeah, but they, I think for you it's more of a curated um, you know, you work with certain creators that you want to support or align with the kinds of things that you want to talk about. Uh, and there's some strategic value for you with working with those people, such as collaborations and access to their network or something like that, which, you know, will happen organically. God damn. I'm so excited now. Uh, Dude, well, I'm really pumped for this. Like I initially, so I had like the longest day. So I, was, I did this like practice uh, live stream around lunchtime and uh, I've got a bunch of other stuff to do for work. And so I was like, yeah, I'm excited to chat to you guys. I'm really sure what we're going to talk about, but I'm I'm willing to come and just uh, you welcome know. to smart and, nonsense. Yeah, and the reason why I wanted to be relaxed is like I wanted to just be open to talking versus like at my desk because I can show you like at my desk I've got um, yeah take us know, over there. Like my, yeah, this is a MTV Cribs New York edition. <laughs> exactly in the house of so, and then you guys we are going. I mean we've we haven't even scratched the surface. We're gonna have to come back and uh, so like maybe, this is my dais my table. Oh, I've got like my like light pinkies. set up here. Oh, that's sick. I need that. This is my like GoPro for the camera. And then I just put my, my microphone away that I was using. But yeah, this is like where I do most of my work by the split keyboard. And then my background is just a, a wall. Dude, you're, you're so all set up for the content creation system. No, I need <laughs> you both in my workshop. I'm telling you, we out here. We out here. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I, I might have I'm to go to Henry. I'm just at the corner of my, my studio in, in Manhattan, so... Oh, that's, that's amazing. Yeah, I, I'm curious to to see where where it takes us. Like, there's so much stuff in your head. I'm sure that we haven't even talked about 
We'll, we'll try and let's let's do a round two. Let's. Here's let's what we'll do. Here's what we'll do. Dylan, get Avtar plugged in uh, with like a, a sample something, and then let's come back in a week or two weeks and like talk through how that went. The automation yeah. for you, Avtar, maybe. Right. That I sounds guess good. Two weeks from now, or so, or even less. What is it? The twelfth? Jeez, I yeah. I have no idea. The only reason I know it's Wednesday is because I had a haircut on Friday, and I'm like, that's a couple days away. <laughs> I always lose but track yeah. of that. So what we can do, maybe let's get a group chat going as well, and then we can, um, yes. we can keep just uh, Avtar, one other thing. Dylan, yeah. he hasn't done it yet. Maybe there's a reason. Um, wants to make like a smart nonsense Facebook ecosystem where everyone who comes and talks on here, uh, am I not allowed to do this, Dylan? No. I, the reason why I haven't promoted it yet is because I want to have a following where we're okay. like, all right, we're, we're opening the valve. And okay. Now so the idea really quick is like everyone who's come and talked on here is a administrator of that Facebook group or whatever it is. And then can just like, people are just kicking around stuff and like anyone it's, it's hard to find that ecosystem. Like you said before, Aftar. it's just like when you find people that are into this shit, you realize everyone's reading the same stuff. Like they're all into the same things. Yeah. And uh, it's just hard to come across that. So I'm glad it's happened. We'll, we'll do the check-in call, but, We'll be texting away in the meantime. So stoked. I'm excited. Uh, anything, 100%. any plugs other than your website, avtar.com? A V T H A R.com. That's, um, yeah. If uh, people are on Twitter, uh, they can follow me on Twitter. Uh, I think my handle is at avtar s. Uh, it's also on my website. If you go to avtar.com, it's, it's there. Um, but yeah, no, this has been super fun. I look forward to coming on again. And uh, just talking to you guys more and keeping the relationship going. Um, it's a lot of fun. Suddenly, like the least, uh, most relaxed uh, recording I've ever done. So <laughs> I was going to say, most surprising smart nonsense episode ever. Quote, um, it was actually fun. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Like that billboard that, uh, what's his name? <laughs> Liam yeah. Thompson. I think, uh, I know we're, sorry, we're trying to wrap up, but I'm just going to say Yeah, yeah. Because um, we're trying to make it more comfortable for everything. So for everyone. Yeah. So I think we're going to do like Tim Ferriss records his intros separately. So I yeah. might have to hit you up with like, oh, what, what's your dope intro going to be? Yeah, that's but, fun. Uh, that's all good. It's, it's so much fun kind of learning through experimentation and stuff. So oh. thanks again for hopping on. It was a blast. We'll touch base in a week or two. Sounds Super good. Super pumped for it. Yeah. See ya. Take care, guys. All the best. Mm-hmm.